Well, good evening, everyone, and Merry Christmas to all of you. It's good to see all of you. Uh, Christmas Eve, man, it's one of my favorite uh, gatherings of the church, and uh, that and Easter, and um, we were in the back praying this evening, and I was just thinking, I don't know why, but sometimes it's like you get a little nervous, and I was like, you know what? There's no reason to be nervous because we're here to, to celebrate the birth of Jesus, and there is Christmas joy, amen? It's here, and so take a deep breath, right? Uh, I just want to take a moment, though, and let you know on behalf of Don and I, uh, who co-lead the church here, that we're really grateful that you joined us, and we're just really looking forward to this this evening. Um, you know, this past month has been absolutely crazy. It's flown by, though. Does anybody feel like the month of December has just flown by? Is it just me? Maybe it's just a few of us. But if you are, if your week's like the typical American, then your week has been crazy and full of chaos and baking cookies and planning and full of errands, and you've been driving around in circles, and that's just today. Uh, But by a show of hands, I'm actually just kind of curious, by a show of hands, how many of you have had all your Christmas shopping done way before December? Just out of curiosity. Okay, we hate you. Moving on. Um, How many of you finished up this week, though? This week, you like got it all done. Yeah, I know. I saw some of you around town today, and you're like, I'm just finishing it up. And let's get a little bit more honest and serious. How many of you are going shopping immediately after this service to finally pick up the last gift? Anybody? No? There's some liars in here? Because I am. Uh, Anyway, someone once said that there's nothing that makes a person more productive than the last minute. And every year I tell myself, I'm going to get it all done in August. And every year I remember that here on Christmas Eve when I'm up here serving. Um, but we are going to be praying for those of you who are having to maybe wrap gifts and things like that tonight. So, you know, last Sunday we heard an absolutely fantastic sermon from Terry Rapley, who's here, so you should make some noise for her because she did such a great job. Numerous people have been like, why can't she preach more? And I'm like, gee, thanks. That's great. Uh, I'm like, I'm working on that, but. Anyway, she did such a great job. Uh, Terry read from the Gospel of Luke, and it was the same passage of Scripture that we looked at tonight when Myra read for us, um, and we're so grateful for Myra's participation. But what I loved is that as, as Terry spent time working through Luke 2, um, she, she highlighted a couple of things that I think were really important. And the first was that Jesus' birth was foretold by hundreds of years before it happened by these Old Testament prophets, and there were... Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, all throughout the Old Testament prophets, there was this reminder that there would be a promise. There was a promise that there would one be one day be a Messiah born. We also were reminded that Jesus' birth was supernatural. Uh, we can think about the virgin birth aspect of it and, and see the miraculous supernatural part of the Christmas story. There were angelic visitations. Uh, there were all these promises and fulfillments that happened. And And one thing I really like that she mentioned is that Luke's gospel focuses quite a bit on two women in the story, Elizabeth and Mary. And that was pretty pretty, um, uncommon in the ancient world to focus on on women. And I love that she brought that out. And then we also saw that Elizabeth and Mary responded to God with wonder and belief, worship and trust. Now, tomorrow morning... We're not going to have service uh, because we're having two services tonight, but I wanted to encourage you to join millions of Christians all over the world by spending tomorrow morning, at least some point point in the morning, studying and looking at the Christmas story with your loved ones and your family. 
And we actually, uh, we actually have a couple of resources that we put together uh, for you on our church app. And so if you don't have the church app, you can download that pretty easily. But what we have is we have a short devotional video, just kind of um, having us maybe reflect a bit on the birth of Jesus. We also have a one-sheet piece of paper that has the Christmas story on it with a number of questions and discussion points, and then it closes with a prayer as well. Now, if you're here and you're like, I don't have a phone, I don't have technology, I don't know how to do things like that, we actually have paper copies for you in the back as well, so you can grab those before you take off. But one thing that's really fun to do, I think, during this time of year um, is to remember some of your favorite Christmas memories. Have any of you been doing that this week at all, spending some time reflecting on Christmas? A few of you have, okay, three of you have, the rest of you you just are so busy picking up presents for me. I'm so excited about that. Um, but I've been doing that, and, and I have all these different memories uh, from my childhood from Christmas. And I was born and raised in Alaska, and all of my childhood memories from Christmas are from Alaska. I can always remember these different points in my life. Um, there's a lot of snow, a lot of ice. No, we did not live in an igloo. Um, but my family... Everybody used to ask us that all the time, but no. Uh, But my family would gather, and we would have presents and cookies. And I remember one year, my dad was such a great, such a great father. He he made sure to get a really great gift for my mom. Him and his brother went out and bought snowmobiles for my mom. And then they brought them and said, look what we got for you. And then they went out, and they drove them all day long. Is that not like, like one of the nicest things you've ever heard, ever? Yeah, I thought so. I remember watching them at the window, and I was like, I want to go. My mom was like, you know, super mad. But all of those memories, though, are wrapped around this other thing. We had Japanese food at all of our Christmases because my grandma was Japanese. I have a lot of great memories about about Christmas in Alaska, but every year my family actually would, would travel to Wisconsin uh, in July during the summer to visit my other grandparents on my mom's side. And it was kind of like our Christmas in July because we'd get presents and spend time um, with my mom's side of the family. And we would, you know, just kind of take those two weeks to really spend uh, uh, all that time celebrating all the things that we love about Christmas. And I was thinking about that a lot this week. And my grandparents in Wisconsin were dairy farmers. And since I was a kid who loved the outdoors, I loved running around the farm, chasing chickens and shooting BB guns and catching frogs and doing everything I could to torture my sister. And just to prove that this is actually part of my life, here's some pictures to see, okay, on the farm. It was the 80s. Leave my hair alone, okay? Going for it again, though, all right? Quiet, moving on. So I was not afraid of the cows or the horses, though. wasn't afraid of the tractors. As a kid, I was very happy to to play with those things and to be with my grandparents on the tractors and to ride the horses. There was one thing on the farm that I was absolutely afraid of. Like, I, if I saw them, I would just go into convulsions. It was the flock of geese that were on that farm. And by the way, a flock of geese is actually called a gaggle, okay? I recently learned that, and I want you to leave tonight knowing that you can learn useless information. Anyway, the geese, um, they would not put up with my boyhood shenanigans. When, when they saw me come in, they would chase after me because one time I thought that I could catch them and I had this big net and I chased after them. And at the end of that uh, attempt, they smacked me with their wings and they bit me. And so every time I saw those things, I would have 
I would have like this flashback, and I still to this day I see a goose and I start to like, you know, I get a little little queasy. But I did not like those geese. But one time I was exploring on the farm, and I was probably about eight years old, and I was running through the fields, and and I came to this huge, huge, huge mound of dirt. And I think like any typical boy, I saw this mound of dirt, and I had to climb it, right? I had to climb it. I, and so I started climbing this, this mound of dirt because there's that natural boy tendency. And, and as I made my, made my way up the mound of soil, I soon discovered that I was actually walking up a pile of cow manure. And I know that's super gross, but just stay with me, okay? Merry Christmas. But it was summer, and so the dry... Uh, the, the manure was dry and it was pretty firm, and as I arrived to the top and became king of the manure hill, I, uh, I kind of looked around, and, and I decided to keep on, keep on journeying to the center. And, and, and so the mound was huge, and I remember just being this real long mound of, of what I thought was dirt. And as I made my way toward the middle of it, I began to notice that my rubber boots that I had on started to sink, and before I knew it, I sunk all the way up to my chest, totally eight years old, up to here, and I was screaming, and I was crying because it was out in the middle of nowhere, and I was totally convinced I was going to die in this manure pit, and there's more. All of a sudden, I heard these stupid geese, yeah, like these geese were like making their way and all of a sudden I saw them and I just had this total panic attack and I was screaming and crying and I was pretty much at the age of eight had been like, I have so much of my life to live. And I was so worried and, and so thankfully after uh, probably, it felt like four hours, but it was probably like 10 minutes, my grandfather showed up and, you know, but in that middle of that moment, I remember I needed I needed a savior, I needed salvation and, and my grandpa showed up and and I have no idea why I thought of this story this week, but it was super, super on my mind when I was thinking about Christmas. So weird, huh? But uh, I want to encourage you with your family tonight and tomorrow to spend some time thinking about some of your favorite Christmases. Um, I think it's actually something helpful to do, especially maybe if you've lost somebody. And this time of the year is kind of a reminder of that. You can think of those memories. But what I want to do for just a few more minutes, I want to spend a few minutes looking at the Gospel of Matthew, and I want to use laser-guided precision to look at one sentence that helps us better understand our Savior, the one whom the prophet Isaiah said and described as the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. There is a lot of significance about names. Names have a lot of significance You know, throughout history and in most cultures, names have been considered an incredibly important part of our identities because they often carry these deep personal, cultural, familial, and historical connections. And most of you know me as Pastor Luke, and Luke is definitely the name that I use to introduce myself to people. Um, But my birth name is actually Lucas. And for the first seven years of my life, I was happy to introduce myself as Lucas. In fact... I grew up playing ice hockey, and so the announcer would regularly say, Lucas Garrity scores another goal, okay? I also, I also played a lot of baseball, okay? And the announcers would always say, and yet another grand slam by Lucas Garrity, all right? I just, I'm just being, you know, honest and humble. I also got in trouble a lot when I was a kid. And my mom would say, Lucas Tyler Garrity, get in here! And I would run as fast as I possibly could away from that zone. But... 
For me, Lucas was a pretty good name. It was unique, and I was happy to have it. But all of that changed in 1986 when a stupid movie starring Corey Haim come out, a movie called Lucas. Anybody see this movie? Just out of curiosity? I think you should check it out. It's from the 80s, and we all know the 80s movies are amazing, right? So this movie was basically about this kid named Lucas, right? And he was a super nerd. He was a supreme dork, and from that point on, I became known as Luke. That was the name I would use to introduce myself to people. In the Gospel of Matthew, it's really interesting. In the Gospel of Matthew, we discover more about the identity and the significance of this child's birth. Speaking to Joseph, this angel speaks to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1 and says these words. And Mary will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Let's try that again. And Mary will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus was a very common Jewish name. In the Hebrew pronunciation, maybe you've heard this before, but the, the actual pronunciation of his name was Yeshua. The name literally means the Lord saves. So the question is, so who does Jesus want to save and what does Jesus save us from? As I read scripture, I think that we see quite clearly that Jesus wants to save everyone. Amen? I think Jesus actually has a desire to save everyone. Women and men, young and old, poor and rich, Democrats, Republicans, and independents. I think Jesus even wants to save Dodger fans, okay? Just want to go on record. I mean, we all know he wants to save Giants fans, but even Dodgers fans, okay? Introverts, extroverts, it doesn't really matter. Jesus actually, truly wants to bring salvation, and the way of salvation is through Jesus. And so what does Jesus want to save us from? He wants to save us from the piles of crap that we get ourselves stuck in. The sin that entangles us, the selfishness and arrogance that so easily consumes us. We can't save ourselves, right? We get ourselves stuck in that pile of manure and we are stuck. So we need a Savior. And along comes Jesus. Christmas is a powerful reminder, I think, of what the prophet Isaiah said. He said, the virgin will conceive a child. Hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus, the prophet Isaiah said, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. Just think about that for a minute. God is with us. That is what Christmas is about. Christmas is about the birth of Jesus and the birth of the community of people who have experienced God's salvation. It's about us helping others come to know the light of the world, which has come, and his name is Jesus. I'm going to invite Jennifer now to to lead us in a time of response and prayer. And so Jennifer's going to come up here now.